there's still no snow up here. It is just freaky. It's weird. Even the even the animals outside don't know what the hell's going on. Um, I'm basically up here in the 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 Adirondacks Adirondacks area. If you're an American, you'll you'll know where that is. I'm in the same zone as that, and except in Canada, and uh, and it's weird. The weather is just strange. This is supposed to be winter, and there's supposed to be snow, like piles of snow everywhere, but there isn't, and it's weird. This is a show about jewelry. Why we wear it? Why it matters? how it's made, and what it means. I'm Alex D, and I turn cannabis into gold. I make mind-blowing jewelry in gold, silver, and platinum from cannabis plants here in Canada for stage, screen, for people who want to rock crazy jewelry. I'm the Cannabis Goldsmith. Today, I want to talk about mentors, mentors, spirit guides, spirit animals. I guess you thought this show was about art and design and jewelry and stuff, but today it's going to be about mentors. And do we even need mentors? I mean, I think we need mentors. So the, the reason that I was thinking about this was a, a neighbor, this couple that lives in the neighborhood in the tiny little town I live in here invited me for Christmas dinner and also New Year's dinner too. So I really lucked out. But they, they invited me over and the people around the dinner table were talking about the old woman that owned the farmhouse that I live in now. Now this is two, uh, this is uh, not the people I bought it from, but the woman that owned the house before. And I think she always lived here. She was probably born in this house. And uh, she lived here till she was... 86 years old and Helen her name was and I am I as soon as I moved in like I had basically only the moving truck had just left and this woman came over from the church with a uh, the local church down the street with a plastic container full of donuts kind of cinnamon donuts and welcome to welcome me to the neighborhood and she told me a story about Helen who lived in this house that I now live in, this farmhouse, this little farmhouse. Apparently, she was quite well-known, and she was a character, according to everybody yeah, that uh, remember her. She's She died, I guess, in, in uh, the early 90s, but or she lived in this house until the early 90s. But here's the thing. She didn't have plumbing, and and she didn't she didn't have a furnace. And it, those of you who live in the Adirondacks know that if that's the case, you have a well and you have uh, a pump, you have to slip water into the house. You have to go out in the freezing minus 30 winter to go to the washroom because the washroom is outside. The loo is outside. This woman, uh, she heated her, this little farmhouse with a wood stove. And I, like, I've only been here a year and a half and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm much younger than that and in reasonably good shape and it's 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 a it's a chore it's a really hard thing to do sometimes you know to um, you know to stack the firewood and to chop it and all this is an 86 year old woman who's living in this farmhouse and uh, without plumbing or heating and um 
she lived here her entire life, it, it, Helen. And I thought, what better mascot? Mascot's not the right word. She's not a mentor, I guess, because you know I didn't really know her. I'm just, I am just, I'm just learning about her, and and, and just out, just out of curiosity about the you know finding out about about this uh, a, a bit about this house and its history. It's very old. This place that I'm in, it's like one of the oldest houses in the area, actually. So they say, um, underneath the house that I'm in now was another house that is like the oldest one in the, in the area, but. But aside from that, this woman, Helen, she raised kids on her own. She was pumping the water and stuff. And the the stories about her. Anyway, the woman came over with this thing of donuts and told me the story about Helen. She said, you know, uh, Helen came over to the church one time and said oh, a, a crow had crashed into her window and was injured. And there's lots of big black crows around here, so... I was like, yeah, I, I know there. I know what she was talking about. There'd be huge birds, right? Giant freaking things. Anyway, this crow, this bird had crashed into the window and was injured. So Helen was telling people at the church that she was trying. She was trying to nurse it back to health. So the church lady came over a couple of days later just to see how the bird was doing uh, with Helen. And um, Helen said, "Oh, it, it it expired. It didn't. It didn't." It didn't recover, and it's now in the wood stove, um, roasting. So this was Helen, and this is the first story I heard about her. This fantastic woman who who lived in this this area of Upper Canada on the river, a pioneer woman, basically. If you can imagine in the '90s without having plumbing, like or or heating, like like heating. I still don't have heating. Uh, but I do have plumbing now. But anyway, so I thought I'm going to make uh, Helen my my um, mascot, my spirit animal. A lot of these, a lot of the tech bros, a lot of the marketing people, you know, these inspirational TED talks and stuff. I'll talk about getting mentors, and it's such uh, they fluff it out to be such a big thing. But really, a mentor doesn't even have to know that you're the mentee. They re they really don't have to know. Well, it'd be nice to have a mentor that you actually, you know, that physically comes over and takes you by the hand and leads you through all these these horrible circumstances that you can, you, know, you just don't want to deal with. That will never happen. And in fact, in fact, you don't want that to happen because you don't get to build strength and experience experience the things that will make your art better and your designs better and all that. If you let somebody shield you from all that stuff, but I'm not talking about shielding here. I'm talking about a mentor um, who is an example to you of, of something. It could be anything. Spunk, it could be, it could be determination, it could be survival. Like all the, the, the characteristics I'm giving this Helen woman, uh, although I never met her and she died in the, in the early 90s, um, I feel a kinship with her because I'm living in her house, basically, on her property that she once owned. It's now that's that's where I am now, and uh, I feel her in this on this property, you know. 
when I walk around it. It's, it's not a ghost thing or anything. So that's that's how I came to do to wonder about her and uh, what she was about and 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 the more I learned, the more the more I like her as a um, as a spirit animal or as a mentor. Because look, this woman must have been hard as nails, tough as tough as old boots, but. Um, by all accounts, she was really sweet and nice and, um, and um, an amazing person. But to survive in this environment in Canada, you, be, you people in the southern United States, you know, you know with, with your, sure, it gets hot there, but you don't have minus 30, right? And snow drifts, like, it's, that's, it's hard to deal. This is, this is life-threatening up here in the winter, right? So anyway, so she's I've I've made Helen my my spirit animal. And for the the characteristics that I like about her are her strength and her ability to to get an idea in her mind and go forward with it. Now, uh, it might be going in the wrong direction, but it's still going. In her case it went in the right direction because by all accounts she left some great children behind and this wonderful property that I'm now on and designing jewelry products out of cannabis, out of the cannabis plant. So that's one of my, that's what I mean by mentors, spirit animals. Now at first, I th at first when I heard about mentors, I thought it was a situation like in 12 step groups where you have a sponsor and in 12 step groups, they have sponsors and a sponsor is, is supposed to keep an eye on you as you as you work the program, as you go through the program. And but not to do it for you. Just step outside that and just make sure just just nudge you back on the on the on the beam, right? Just give you a little nudge every so often, but not influence or whatever. Uh, just be there for you basically. Be a, a be, be a person walking along the road to recovery with you instead of leading you or by the hand through it kind of thing, if you get get the drift, the, the gist of what I'm trying to say here. So it's that kind of thing. I, I was kind of, as I was considered mentors. You know, you'd have to ask somebody to be your mentor and it would be like just a huge fucking you know, like deal and all that. And, and it's not about that at all, really. They don't even need to know. And in fact, um, um, you know, I've got mentors that don't even know they're mentors to me. I mean, I've got mentors that I've told are mentors to me, but they had no awareness beforehand. I mean, somebody like Kara Swisher, who I, is a mentor to me because... I'll tell you why. For, I, I think I've told you this before, but I, I like the way she manages her content, her uh, intellectual property. I mean, her content is excellent, yes, but that's not what what I'm using her for a mentor for. What I'm using her for a mentor for is to, is to look at how she deals with her content, how she doesn't give it away to someone else, but monetizes it for her own purposes. And she has full control over her content. They just, they just can't take it away from her and, uh, and use it for their own benefit, cut her out of the picture after she's made it. She owns all this content, so this is all her stuff, right? And I'm thinking, I mean, this is a smart way to, to navigate a digital commercial space, right? If you're, you know, if you're a journalist like she is, 
uh, or, or a, um, a jeweler like I am, a jewelry designer, some things can be shared between that. Like it's like, okay, I can, I, I can own all my designs. I can own, I can be very strong in the way I present the brand, right? The brand has a, a certain look to it. The brand has a, it, it, there's a certain reliability to this pod, This podcast comes out every Wednesday. These are the things that I've learned from her, right? Uh, as a mentor. Now, Kara, Kara, I'm not sure if Kara has any actual kind of like mentors that, that like gather her around as, as she talks and listens for that. Like if she has people who've asked her to be a mentor, um, maybe, I don't know. But anyway, I'm, I'm using her as a mentor for content, for intellectual property and for a kind of a, uh, an attitude towards content production. For, for me and for the brand, for tribe and for my designs and stuff. So I'm, this is how I'm looking at it. So I'm using her for that. But I have other mentors too. I've got a bunch. I'm not going to tell you uh, about a lot of them because they'll I'll bore you to tears. Or, you know, it, a lot of it's like just just small things. You don't need one person who is good at everything because nobody is right. Nobody is good at that at everything. So pick a bunch. Pick a bunch of spirit animals. Call them, you don't have to call them mentors. You can call them spirit animals. Like Helen is my spirit animal. The old woman with cranking the cranking the water pump in the dead of winter, you know, snowshoeing out to the water pump, like like unfreezing it and 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 pumping it to get water out of the well. Like at 86 years old, I'm thinking, Jesus, if I can be as strong as that, even you know, at my younger age, even a tenth as strong as that, I'm going to be fine, right? In this on this property, you know, chopping firewood or whatever. So that's what I'm saying. You can you can pick and choose your mentors or your spirit animals, and and they don't even have to be people. They can be animals too, like a, a literal spirit animals, right? I mean, spirit animals are are people try to trying to incorporate the 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 um the vibe of the animal into their own life right and they're trying to learn from the animal and incorporate the the traits the the beneficial traits of the animal into their own life so i'm trying to incorporate the beneficial traits of persistence and stick-to-itiveness and uh and solidity of helen and the and the content management and IP management capacity and content creation capacity of Kara Swisher. Now, that, see? So that's two facets of that. Now, art. The other day, um, I'm always looking for, for good documentaries about artists, like some people I can learn from. And I don't want to learn painting. Like, like I, 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 I don't want to... If I'm looking at a documentary about painters, I'm not looking at it to learn how to paint. I'm looking at it to learn how the person thinks about art and how they realize their own art, you know? I'm not I'm not I'm not looking at I'm not looking at the documentaries to see their art really, but I'm just l looking at the documentaries to see their process. And I hope some of you are listening to this podcast to listen to my process because that's what this whole thing has been about is the process of creating creating art and design and products and, and talking about that on this podcast 
anyway, back to the art mentors. I, I found this documentary, uh, uh, this David Lynch documentary that I found absolutely fascinating. This documentary is called The Art Life. Now, I knew David Lynch made movies, but I had no idea he was a painter. That shows you how, how much or little I know about art, but I had absolutely no idea he was a painter. Uh, but I have seen uh, many of his movies, uh, which I enjoy. They're very freaky and weird, I think, and very, for a, a visual person, an artist or a photographer or whatever, the visual aspects are what I really liked about, about them. I guess yeah, a lot of them were kind of too weird for me to follow, but I just like the way they looked. They just look great, and they're created like paintings almost. I found out in this documentary, I started watching it, and I found out Dave Lynch is a painter. I had no fucking idea he was a painter. But this goes into, it doesn't talk about his movies. It's just about his painting. And it's just fascinating how he started off as a painter. And he tells, it, it's, it's just basically an interview, him working on a painting and... Uh, they set up a camera while he's working and he's he's talking and, and stuff. And it, he tells these stories about his life that are just incredible. You have to see this documentary. You have to. It's fantastic. And he talks about he talks about the relationship between him realizing himself as an artist and what his parents thought of that. And they they I guess he tells an one particular anecdote. I'm not. With pride, he showed his parents something he had set up in his basement. He was doing some art experiments with, like, animals, like cadavers of animals, like, stretched out. Like, I guess he was molding them or doing something for an art piece. His father had come to visit him in the town he was living in with his girlfriend. He uh, had a good visit, he thought, with his dad, and then he thought he'd take his dad downstairs to show him what he was the stuff he was working on, the art stuff, which was he was really, I guess, proud of, and which was really key to why he was there doing what he was doing. And his father nodded in, a, in appreciation or whatever when he saw this stuff. But outside of the house, he caught a look on his father's face that that he realized that his father didn't understand any of this, right? And that he probably thought his son was just 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 very strange indeed, right? but just sort of nodded to, to, to pretend that it was. I, you know, I think we've all been through that kind of thing. I have, I know, and it has struck me deeply, right? Uh, when you're an artist and you're, you're realizing yourself as an artist or as a designer and people don't understand what you're doing or trying to do, it can be just, it can be horrible, you know? But that's why you need mentors and spirit animals. That's why you need someone like Helen. Who was like, fuck that, you know. You know, I can get I can chop firewood in minus 30 to heat my house. Uh, fuck you. You know, I'm I'm this is what I'm doing. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. I'm I'm uh, I'm living here and I'm taking care of myself and I'm um, this is <laughs> this is the life I choose, <laughs> but you know an artist has to go through that that separation from from pleasing others or 
parents or family or friends to working on themselves. And this is why it's often better to have mentors or spirit animals that are not family members or, or friends or you don't want you want people outside those circles. You want people who you can show your dead animals to if you, that's what you have, right? Like um, if you're if you're um, you're making frog head impressions in clay or something. I, I don't know what it, whatever it is. The whatever the weird shit you have to go through to to realize your art to make your art um, in the end. But an artist, a mentor, like. Like when I heard that Dave Lynch story, I was like, fuck, man. I had a, an entirely new respect for this guy because, you know, he's lived it. He lived it. I just thought he was like some famous movie director, you know, guy. But no, no, he's, he's a fucking artist, this guy. Anyone who's, anyone who's, who, who, who did that, right, is an artist. The Art Life, he calls this movie. Got a documentary, The Art Life, 2016. David Lynch, download it, find it, watch it. It's slow, but it's it's very very good. Um. Anyway, you know, uh, mentors can change. When I was a younger man, I had a mentor who was a therapist. He was a hypnotherapist, um, Milton Erickson, M.D phenomenal he basically invented hypnotherapy but he was my mentor because when he was born he had polio and he was unable to walk very well or he was in extreme pain when he tried to go places and he used his mind to overcome that and uh, and so that's why he became my mentor i thought anyone who can use their mind to overcome obstacles like this physical obstacles i'm fortunately when I was younger, I didn't have physical obstacles to overcome. So, like, uh, I was again, just know the sheer, the sheer, the willpower, right? When I was a young man, I was all willpower and um, doing the stuff that I wanted to do. And, and without really a kind of a wider view of what I was doing, that comes with experience or wisdom or a mentor or a spirit animal who can tell you what the hell the bigger the lay of the land actually looks like when you're mired in some kind of like um, some kind of art project that might be freaking people out so anyway the the or they can say keep going keep doing that you got to push through that to get through to the other side and realize the art that you want to make whether it's academy award-winning movies or or whatever. But those stages you have to go through in the beginning, right? Those those stages where you're making products that look really weird or art that looks just people don't understand and, and stuff. And and a mentor is good for that. So you can luckily with the internet these days we can we can search out and hunt down mentors and learn about them. I have another mentor, uh, Alfred Dunhill. And no, notice how I'm just picking, picking, <laughs> I have no idea what the rest of these people are like. Like, I mean, I mean, Helen might have been real, a really might have, you know, I, I, I don't think so, but yeah, yeah, you know, she might have been a, a procrastinator or something. And no, I'm not modeling that. I'm modeling her, her stick to and her, her strength, right? That's what I'm modeling. I'm not, she, I'm not modeling her, her if she bakes bread in a, in a shitty way. I mean, uh, that's not what I'm going to model. I'm only going to pick the stuff that I want. 
um, I want to emulate, right? You know, as is the case with with David Lynch. I'm I'm looking at David Lynch and watching this this documentary about about him, and it's not that I don't I don't consider him a mentor or anything, but I consider him like like walking along the same path, right? And he was describing it in this documentary, and sometimes that's just enough. It can be lonely sometimes being an artist or a designer. You're you're like you feel like you're alone. And sometimes having a mentor or spirit animal or watching a documentary can can just say, okay, can chill you out and say, okay, you're, you, you keep going, right? Keep doing what you're doing. Anyway, you have to do it anyway, so you might as well. Ah, mentors. So here's the thing. Pick a couple, you know. Say you like the way some artist uses color. And if you're a painter... Pick an artist that does pottery that uses color, not in your same, not in your same field, right? Somebody outside your field who who excels, and then learn about them and watch what they do, watch how they do it. You know, ask them ask them questions if you can. If you can't, it doesn't matter, right? You can you can like just research them and online and find out how they're doing the stuff they're doing, and you can you can learn you can learn from that. So mentors are good, I think. Mentors. So today what I'm working on in the studio, I'm working on the the baby unicorn horn pendant. I've made the cap, the bale, and the loop that goes on the cap. So it's a six-inch long baby unicorn horn, a horn, and I'm putting a, a precious metal, a silver cap on top of it with a loop and then a bale. Uh, for you non-jewelers, a bale is is a ring that the chain you string your chain, or you know you're wearing it around your neck. You, s- you string a piece of leather through it, or a chain. So it's what the pendant hangs off of on a chain is the bale. I finished all that, and um, I was going to send it out today to be to add in Toronto to cast and uh, in silver. But I'm looking at it in my mind right now. I'm thinking, fuck, I have to make the bill a bit smaller. So maybe I should redo that. Oh my God, perfectionism. But there's a cure for this. If you have a camera, and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go go back into the studio, and I'm going to set up all these these models. I'm going to put the cap on the actual horn. I'm going to put it on a on a background and photograph it and see what it looks like. And if it looks weird in the picture, I mean, I'm not going to look at it, but I'm going to look at it through the camera in the on the photograph and it looks strange I'll redesign the bail but if it looks fine in in the photograph then I'll leave it and I'll courier it out to Toronto today um, so that's how I'm triple checking my design but since the design has never been done before only I know how it should look and uh, so this is the, this is where it can either it can either get mired in perfectionism or be set free into the world as an amazing design piece, an amazing art jewelry piece, which is what this is. The baby unicorn horn pendant by Tribe. Anyway, this year, busy, busy. My my New Year's resolution, I told you last week about, you know, digitizing um, a film archive. I I, I found a document from the United States. Um, I guess there's... There's a whole collection of museums and galleries and uh, 
and cultural institutions that got together and produced a document about scanning film and digitizing film um, for galleries and museums. It's like a 129-page document. This is exactly what I was looking for. It tells, it describes the workflow, the current standards of the day, and it even sort of hints at how the photography, well, the museum standards and stuff might change in the future. It talks about stuff like what file formats do you save your scans in, and all this stuff that, you know, it's all in one place. And I found this document, so that's going to make my my New Year's resolution. It's already uh, well described in this document what I have to do, and so that's that helps a lot. And I found this, and the funny thing is, I reached out to the National Gallery of Canada to their technical people, and they didn't respond. I just asking about how to do this the right, the best way. Didn't respond. Reached out to the uh, curator of the Art Gallery of Ontario about what technical, what the best. Could you please give me some technical technical advice on how to um, do this, do this archival job that I want to do? It's quite large, right? And it's important, culturally significant. Like, they had no response from them. Like, oh, fuck. Like, wake up. Canadian cultural institutions. Um, but anyway, the Americans have it down, and I got this document, and it's going to help me. It's going to help me digitize this entire collection that I that I have to do. So now I know what to ask for, and I'm going to produce a video about about the thing so I can raise some funds for it. This is going to save a lot of time and effort. So that's great. That's it for me. I'm going to go into the studio, photograph the bale, the cap, everything on the unicorn horn, the baby unicorn horn uh, for this crazy pendant, which would be like awesome for a Met Gala or, you know, an award show, a, a hip hop stage, even a rock stage. This would just be just, 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 a, just a, you'll see it. The horn is on our Instagram page, the horn itself, but there's no cap on it yet. You can see the color and stuff is just intense, uh, but with the the appropriate hardware findings and shit on top hanging off a chain, which I'm doing now, it's just going to be stellar. The Cannabis Goldsmith is produced by Tribe Communications Inc. in the Thousand Islands area of Ontario, Canada. You can see what we do at tribe.ca. Send us an email. Alex D at CannabisGoldsmith.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week on the Cannabis Goldsmith.